Benny. Benny paints pictures with his eyes closed. I keep a thick file on Benny. He paints every day between one and two in the morning, and his light is always the last in the street to go out. It would be mine, but I never switch it on when I'm in the spare room, adding to a file. It's easy to write in the dark. My eyes have nothing to adjust to, or from. Last summer, Benny became the youngest ever nominee for the Harris Manning Arts Award. It was in the local papers. A picture of him shaking hands with the mayor. He sold three of his paintings for two thousand pounds, which is far too much money to give a sixteen-year-old boy. He was in the papers for that as well. This time with his arm around an art collector from London. Benny's mother, Jenny, was standing next to him. She was holding an oversized check. I cut the picture out and put it with the others. I can see into Benny's room. He has a row of five candles lined up along the window sill. He lights them when he's painting. His window doesn't have curtains because he set fire to them. When he paints, the back of his canvas always faces the street. I've watched him painting for hours, but I've never seen one of his pictures. They never put Benny's pictures in the papers, just pictures of Benny. When he lights his candles, I can see the air around the flames shimmering, like when roads get hot in the summer. The candles illuminate half the room. Benny disappears, flicks the switch by the door, comes back through the half light like a ghost. He stands at his easel. And picks up the paintbrush, holds it stretched in front of him, leans forward until it touches the canvas, arches his neck, lifts his head, and closes his eyes. He opens them again when he's done, when there's air between his picture and the paintbrush. I started Benny's file a year ago, the day of the fire. I sat on the end of the bed in the spare room, looking out through the window at an empty street. A row of closed curtains, darkness behind darkness. His curtains were thick enough to hide the lights from the candles, close enough to catch the heat from the flames. They ate the material from the bottom up. I began to see Benny, the tops of his legs, then his stomach. He was perfectly still, revealed like the opening of a play. And then there was movement. A paintbrush fell to the floor. The curtains opened and closed as Benny pulled and yanked them from the rail. I watched him jumping up and down, trying to put the fire out. The flames dancing across his bedroom floor, the only light in the street. Then it rose again. It hovered in the air, just for a second, and then tumbled out into the night. Benny sat on his bed in a tangle of shades, black and blacker still. A room framed like a picture. Only outlines of objects to go by. I picked up my pen and started writing. Note: Benny Martin has an easel in his room. He set fire to his curtains and threw them out of the window. Time for fire to die equals thirty-two minutes. Note: End. I see Benny twice a day. Once when he leaves for school in the morning, and again at night when he's painting. I never see him come back because he enters the house through the back door. John Bonsall told me so. He can see him from his kitchen, 
climbing over the wall and into the back garden. Benny wears the same jacket every day. It's a navy suit jacket with three badges attached to the right lapel. The badges change colour each morning. He collects them. His hair is long around his ears. Sometimes he ties it into a ponytail with a light blue band. I remember him being born in the back of his mother's mini metro. She wasn't driving. His father was. Before the divorce. They were on their way to hospital, but she couldn't hold on. It ruined the upholstery. When Benny was a child, he played football on his own in the street. He'd wear trousers with holes in, dribble around the parked cars, and kick the ball against my fence. Sometimes I'd go out and watch him, shout encouragement from the garden. He'd ask me to join in, but I'd always tell him he was far too good for me. He'd carry on regardless, dribbling and kicking, happy as Larry. One day, while he was playing, a dog pulled free from its owner and sank its teeth into Benny's leg. It refused to let go. He never played again. I haven't spoken to Benny since he was 12 years old. Apart from once. It was two years ago. I was walking home from church. I'd been in early with some leaflets from the neighbourhood watch. As I turned into the street, I saw Benny leaving his house to go to school. He walked towards me with his bag over his shoulder. His jacket had one green, one orange and one red badge attached, like upside-down traffic lights. His limp seemed worse than usual. Good morning, I said, as he got near. What are you looking at? He replied, and carried on walking.